This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bucknutters. It is Thursday, March the 2nd, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Back on Thursdays, arguably our most popular show of the week with the great Bill Curlick and the great Mark Porter. Gentlemen, once again, the first 15 minutes of the show, if you play, if you paid premium, premium and we're on C-SPAN, you got to see a lot of that. So, um, Hopefully no one was recording because if any of it is released to the public, I will be pumping gas. But anyway, we are here to talk recruiting and the like. Bill, I want to start with a guy who I don't know if he was not completely on the radar until now, but not the number one guy we've talked about running back wise, but it is Sam Williams Dixon running back. I believe it was West Holmes when he got the offer. Today, he's not going to West Holmes. He has changed high schools. He will attend Pickerington North. For those of you outside the Buckeye State, that's going from a relatively smaller school to one of your bigger, massive public schools. So the quality of football competition will obviously pick up. Bill? If you could explain to us what that means and how much Ohio State likes him. And Mark, this young man will be our next featured eye in the sky, dude. So you can offer a little bit of insight and tease the people about what's coming next. So, Bill, the floor is yours. Well, as a former high school head coach, basketball in my case, it means that you've got a really, really happy head coach at Pickerton oh, yeah. North High School. Sure do. In my time at Dublin High School, uh, only got 
one or two transfers in, I guess two or three transfers in, and none of them, need I say, would be the caliber of uh, Sam Williams-Dixon. I mean, you get an Ohio State caliber running back moving into the program, you're pretty happy, and I'm yeah, sure the Pacific sure. North head coach is, is pretty happy at this point. He's got a heck of a one-two punch now. Um, O'Connell, the quarterback about – Morgan O'Connell, yep. Yeah, 6'4", so and uh, – has offers already, and you put him with Sam Williams-Dixon, and that's a pretty good duo. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, Sam was moving to uh, Pickerington and had the opportunity to go to Pickerington North or Pickerington Central. He is at Pickerington North. That's school he's going to be playing his senior year for, and I think it's good for him as well. You know, you've got – certainly a step up in competition there not to put down West Holmes. They, they, uh, Millersburg West Holmes had a very good season, uh, last year, but it's not division one. Um, Pickerington North finished seven and five last year. And now with their quarterback back and with Sam Williams Dixon, I think the uh, expectations will be even higher. So, uh, great addition for Pickerington North, and I think it'll be good for Sam as well. Uh, the other story there is that he narrowed his da- list down basically to five schools, and one of them, as expected, is Ohio State. He is going to be visiting Ohio State coming up when the visits begin next week, and certainly he's a guy that um, that I could see um, ending up at Ohio State. Not a done deal, but uh, very possible. And I just saw a happy birthday wish for me. There on the screen, uh, turned uh, 24 today, which is nice. But uh, but I appreciate that for the person that posted that. Bill, we won't give away your your age, but how many years have you been at the same weight? <laughs> well, a few, several decades, uh, I might add. I, I've taken Bill out to lunch one too many times in my career, and we used to have a running joke that we would order burgers curl <laughs> style, which is. Bun and burger. You know what? Here go. That, that makes three of us. My uh, friends have a running joke that when I go to a restaurant, you're going to get that plain burger. You know, like, yeah. but maybe there's something going on at Bucknuts. You, uh, uh, the... you were the mac and cheese chicken tenders kid till you were 17. Uh, I, got, I got a son who has never experienced anything but chicken tenders. He just freaking loves them. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, when you get a little older and you see how much. Uh, bad is in that hamburger. I I was uh, back in the old days a probably twice a week hamburger guy. I probably have a hamburger now about once every six to twelve months. Believe it or I not, was a, I was a Those twice a day burger guy. Cholesterol. I was a twice a day burger guy. You're off. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. the re- Watch your cholesterol. Is all I'll say. Yeah, I, I finally went to that appointment where they take your blood. I didn't realize there was stuff in your blood. Yes. Uh, what, the reason I turned around when you were talking about uh, Pickerington North is they're loaded. Like, you're like, oh, we got a great quarterback, great tailback. Let me kind of read off, like, I think I have nine Division One prospects on that team right now. Uh, you guys remember Angelo McCollum, the defensive tackle from Olentangy, transferred there. Yep. He's a big-time inside player. Uh Preston Bowman in the class of 225 is one of the best receivers in Ohio for that class. So Landon O'Connell's got some receivers to throw to. He also has another receiver, uh, Jaden Vitale, Jared Siebert, and A.J. Miller. Like, he's got a four-wide receiver set as good as anybody. Rex Lair, um, 
So not to digress, but we'll geek out a little bit on Pickerington oh, yeah. North and where Sam Williams is going. Wow. Uh, there's none of those type names on West. Yeah. So don't, no disrespect to West Holmes. They're a playoff caliber team. They've made deep runs, maybe due to Sam Williams Dixon. Uh, if we talk more about like the film breakdown that you guys are going to see today on him, he dominates his competition. Uh, if you look at the scores of the West Holmes games, there was a period where it was 48, 58, 63, 48, 53. I mean, they were hammering teams where I doubt that they needed Dixon, you know, more than half the, half the time. And then all of his runs are touchdowns. Every single play on his highlight film, plus a, 10 runs I didn't put on there, or 50, 60, 70-yard touchdowns. So he did what he was supposed to do to that type of caliber team he was playing. He played some good caliber teams, not every week. I'm not going to bang his competition because they were a good team. But obviously, the list of names I just ran, and if Pickerington North ever played West Elms, it might be 60 to, to Nilch. I mean, <laughs> what type of back is he? Size, speed, maybe a couple. Uh, what is yeah. I don't think Ohio State would ever really offer a back. I had a great running back coach say, you know, there's three or four different ways a running back can be great, but if he has all of those tools, you got something special. You can be great with speed. You can be great with power. You can be great with jitter. Uh, you can be undersized or whatever and have receiving. But if you have all of that, and Sam Williams Dixon, the more you watch him, he's over 200 pounds. A lot of runs through the tackles where he bruises people, runs over people, they drip off of him, and that's repetitive. On the outside, you see the patience, the vision, the cutbacks. And then you see the sprinter speed where he's just taking everything and putting distance on guys. I'll be interested to see how that speed holds up next year against some corners and DBs that run 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, in whatever league they're in. Because I don't think the kids chasing him were that caliber every week to be critical. But he did put the distance on he should. So, you know... As I look at him, he's got a couple of those traits to make him great. You know, he's got the receiving ability, the power. He's got some jitter, vision, you know, speed. So he checks a lot of boxes, hence Ohio State offer. Uh, I think I put my right up. I remember Dan Heron from Warren Harding was 5'11", 202. And that just rung a bell when, yeah, he's 5'11", 202. And they do. Heron had some power. Heron had some jitter. Heron maybe didn't blow you away with speed, but he mm -hmm. outran a lot of people. Uh, and then a little bit of mine, Williams. You know, same type of thing with Mayan Williams. He's got some plugger in him, but, you know, he can get out there and jitter and run with people. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops. And uh, I think if he ever played at 215 or 220, you might see a banger that moves the chains and someone you get out on the edge and can do some damage. Very interesting. Um, you know, they've got another, another offer out to Jordan Marshall. I think the general vibe is that Marshall ranks ahead of – Williams Dixon on the depth chart, but he's one of those backs, like you described him, like his strength is his lack of weakness. You know what I mean? It's like maybe he doesn't have a f elite traits in some categories, but the fact that he ha he can do a little bit of everything, those are the guys that have the potential to be three down backs too. Got a little sand in his pants so he can block. So very interesting. I, I would think Marshall's more almost a three down guy as well. So you know what? I, I had you know I had to do the who ranks higher at the end, and I sat there and kind of flipped back and forth between films, and I really looked at these like subtle differences. Yeah. I mean, they're both so elite. You know, it's like having a really hot brunette and a really hot blonde. And say, hey, which one do you want to go to prom with? And 
you, know, you beat yourself up for a week because you leave the other one out. So, but Marshall, if I had to put money on it, being in a division one program, seeing solid competition, but you know what? Sam Williams Dixon may come back over the top at Pickerington North next year and say, Hey, I'm doing it against great competition. Now rethink what you did last year. So it's, it's maybe a confidence thing right now uh, on just he's more bullet tested, more bulletproof. I'm sure the uh, Williams Dixon crew is well aware of Jordan Marshall and his offer and the fact that he was playing a, you know, at Moeller, you play as tough a schedule as you can possibly play. I'm not saying that was the reason they moved to pick North, but if he does want to go to Ohio State and uh, he sees himself with that type of competition, he doesn't want to be behind, you know, several steps when he gets there, for sure. We've got a lot of good questions here. I'm going to take a break, pay some podcast bills, and we will come back and answer these questions because people are doing my job for me. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Mika Hanna, I'm coming to you. Just chill for a sec there. The OSU state of mind. What's the news on the O-line, William? I see the Armstrong twins were offered by Georgia. Yes, they were. Your thoughts? Do you think I had already penciled those guys into the class? I guess we could expect, given their excellent profile and how much we've talked about them here, that it makes sense the best teams in the country would come calling. I guess the Georgia offer was expected. I could see Tricky Nick getting involved here at some point. Bill, what is your thoughts on Georgia offering St. Edward's Armstrong twins. Well, um, I have been in contact with, talked to both Devante and Deontay since that offer. Uh, obviously, they're, they're pretty happy about that offer. Um, you know, kind of the first thing my thought was that uh, 
there's been a, some people that have been down on Ohio State for uh, offering a lot of, quote, three-star guys. Well, uh, the Armstrong guys, Mark uh, and I have been kind of on their bandwagon for, for a while. Um, they're, they're players. I mean, like Mark has talked about, their feet are, are tremendous. They're, you know, they're big. They're, they're both 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and 280 pound range. Uh, they're just developing. They're outstanding players. Um, yeah, I still like Ohio State for both of them, but they're going to take visits. They're going to take official visits. Um, so this is not a decision that's going to come in the next, unless something drastic changes, which I don't expect. It's not going to come for a while. Um, right now, I think the two leading schools, at least heading up to the Georgia offer, and I think still uh, the two leading schools for both of them would be Ohio State and Penn State. But I think they're going to take at least – three or four, quite possibly all five official visits before they decide, but I'm still going with the Buckeyes in the end, but we'll see. It's going to, it's, you know, it's going to be a battle. And they are the rare package deal. That's actually a package deal. We've talked about this forever that it's literally, it doesn't happen as much anymore because I think all the players are in so much contact with each other, but there used to be a time when you'd leave these uh, all-star camps Dudes would meet someone at the camp and claim afterwards they were going to go to the same college, and they never, ever did. However, if they're related, they're brothers, uh, the Kawanjo brothers from DeMatha who went to uh, Alabama, strike a chord there. So I would expect the Armstrong brothers to matriculate to the same school, and once again, we will be bummed if it's not Ohio State. And also, along those lines, Dan – Although they're both offensive linemen, Devontae is being recruited generally as a guard, which is what he plays for at plays at St. Ed's. Deontay is being recruited generally as a tackle, which is what he played. So you got a chance not only for them to go to the same school, but be playing literally right next to each other. I'm sure that's part of the master plan. Um, wouldn't want those two competing for snaps. That wouldn't make sense. They've competed for Dinner for now, X number of years. All right, Mika Hanna keeps asking this question. I want to lead into Mark's review that came out earlier this week on K.J. Bolden. Um, if those For those of you who have not seen that review, it's something you want to check out. Keep in mind, this is a very good year for corners in, in Ohio with um, you know Bryce and Aaron right there at the top. Guys, we've talked about ad nauseum. Let's, let's not let's not leave out Carson Hobbs or the Nichols kid down at Withrow. I think there's a there's a fearsome foursome of. I mean, if you're going to Notre Dame and Nichols has a Notre Dame offer, that you know, like Dwayne Long used to say, the Big Four right. are in on these guys. So I, you like you said, great. You were saying great class, and I think you're about to say nationally with Ohio, but you got to throw those names in there, even though they might not get Ohio State offers. Okay, let's let's do this then. KJ Bolden you said um, would have been the the number one dude. I don't know if you guys were – two Thursdays ago, Mark said he would never compare another uh, secondary prospect to Marshawn Lattimore. Then he did the K.J. Bolden review, <laughs> and he compared him to Marshawn Lattimore. So famous last words, Mark. What made you go back on your word? Okay, so when we talked about that, we were talking about Aaron Scott and Bryce West, and the question was – are they Marshawn Lattimore? 
and and I didn't I don't see Bryce West on offense, you know, largely because Glenville doesn't do a lot from there to, to have that type of career. And you know, a lot of times Bryce West is shutting down people, so there's not a lot of film there. And same with Aaron Scott. Uh, Marshawn Latimer had this gaudy highlights film on both sides of the ball returns and yeah like i mean he was just off the charts so and and i have marshawn Lattimore in the category of the deon sanders the the daryl revises those shutdown corners ask mike evans how good you know marshawn Lattimore is and you know there's not many guys doing that to mike evans every time he plays them so to compare high school kids to that lofty of a thing i joked with you guys like we got to quit at, uh, comparing kids to Deion Sanders. We get our fan base all pumped up, and you know, n- no kid should you know have that type of like. If you don't live up to Deion Sanders, you're a bust. You know, you could be a very good corner, and a lot of great corners come out of Ohio State and go to the NFL, but they're not all you know the number one guy in the league. So turn on that Bolden film, and you know, as it just keeps going, and he keeps splitting seams, running away from people, offense, defense, he looks effortless. I'm like, you know, the football gods are up there going, there you go. There's another one that looks like Marshawn Lattimore. And so, you know, jokingly, yeah, I hate to do this to Bolden, but yeah, he has juice on both sides of the ball. It's effortless. He looks like a guy playing against JV kids at time. And I know that competition is good, but Beyond he's this. just, yeah. I mean, he's explosive. You And it's not like just a few times you see it. It's, it's there. I mean, and he has it. And to think that you could develop that more with a strength coach and you're looking at, you know, there's going to be a fight for this kid, you know, and someone in my thread last night asked, uh, what are the chances we get him? Is it like 10 or 15% and throw that to bill now? Sure. Before we go on, just let to set some context here. You guys have heard me come on here and uh, basically sell real estate for Gwinnett County, North of uh, Atlanta here. He is from Gwinnett County. He went to Buford, which is uh, the high, same high school as Justice Haynes. Um, I could make an argument that right now that's the best high school football going in the country. Also, you can go watch KJ Bold and highlights back till he's like 12 years old, and he looks like that from day blanking one. He yeah. was put on this earth to play football. So any previous – it's like uh, I said this the other day. I can't remember if I said it on the air or not. When I interned in basketball operations for an NBA team, this is what they used to say to them. You better not get burned picking the outlier. But by the way, if you miss on the outlier, you're fired. Yeah. KJ Bolden is an outlier. There is, I mean, I would look, add in the fact that he's in Georgia and that's not exactly where we'd want to compete with guys right now. I would literally tell him you can play any position you want. You can be our, you can return kicks. You can play safety. You can play corner. Literally, he plays safety and corner for a team. You can play tailback. You can play flanker. White. I would tell him you can play whatever you want. We'll create a package for you to go both ways. Whatever. He's I, that I wish, good. I wish I could uh, give the Bucknutter credit, but he goes Chris Gamble, and it was yeah. in that thread, which you just He's nailed it. Even man. more explosive though. And I yeah, and, yeah, but, I, but your point is, let him do what he wants. He wants some right. snaps on offense. You let him have some snaps here. You, to keep kids in this day and age of NIL, that may be what you need to do to get them from Georgia. You know, Georgia, he may see a log jam, but, boy, that receiver room at Ohio State, the last thing they need is a guy coming over there and making waves. 
All right, Bill, you've obviously known about KJ Bolden since he was probably in third grade. Uh, can you bring us up to speed on what you think of him? If you think we're being over the top here, maybe put his recruitment in context. Listen, he's been to Ohio State before. He's got another uh, visit scheduled. They are in the mix for this dude. Yeah, let me first go back real quick. The whole question started, how many corners are going to be in this class? And the answer is at least three. Um, maybe four, but at least three corners will be in this class if they get the guys they want. And I'll go a step farther on that. I think the three guys, I've got them picked uh, the three of three or three of four, whichever. Uh, I like Aaron Scott to be in the class. I like Bryce West to be in the class. And I like from Arizona, Miles Lockhart to be in the class. I've got all three crystal ball to Ohio State. So uh, that's three that I like there. Uh, guarantees on all of them? Nope. But uh, that's who I think three of them will be. That's my prediction. Um, in the case of uh, uh, K.J. Bolden, they're recruiting him as an athlete, uh, safety, could play corner, I suppose, receiver. And they have used that comparison. They've told him, you know, uh, not a lot of two-way guys that are really two-way guys making an impact uh, in college football. Um, certainly High State had one of them in Chris Gamble. Uh, and, and they've said, you know, hey, come here, be the next Chris Gamble. But, you know, maybe on steroids because, as you say, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, he is tremendous. As far as where he's going to end up, I don't know right now, but I will say that I'll be shocked if it's not one of three schools. If uh, Bolden doesn't end up at Ohio State, Georgia, or Clemson, I will be very surprised. I think those are the three. Of course, you know, down there you can't rule out Alabama, but right now the three schools for Bolden, in my opinion, from everything I'm told, are Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. I think uh, Ohio State and Georgia are the two most likely, but I'm not ruling out Clemson. Uh, some feel that since he is the cousin of Perry Iliano, Ohio State, you know, how could they not get him? Well, they could not get him because that he's in Georgia. And Georgia, uh, you know, as you said, Dan, that's not necessarily the, the school that you want to be competing against you know, uh, in their home, in their backyard. So we'll see. I know I forgot to mention that Perry Eliano is his uh, relative. And they're recruiting yeah, his uncle. I mean, I would, I would, if I were Ryan Day, and I'm not, people, but uh, I might go into Perry Eliano's office and quietly hint that my expectation would be that his relatives come to the school. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Uh, yeah, he might be getting his next. I yeah. nicely, if, but I would also if, if, go ahead. Let's say Perry might reply with, "Well, I have another cousin that's in sixth grade. We'll get him." <laughs> I would say if that cousin knows KJ Bolden, tell him to give him a call because uh, uh, KJ Bolden is part of the class. It'd be very interesting. And Bill, like you said, this guy is as high profile as it gets. I imagine this recruitment's going to go on for quite some time, and he's going to be. Uh, you know, the app of the eye for a while. We've got some other I, really – go ahead. I think, we're, I think we're right to assume that you take him no matter what. He doesn't even factor into that corner's number. Like, if you had four corners and then he says, I want to come, you still take him. You he know, I think he's, he's, he's that type of player. Yeah. The JT2 Amalo plan is absolutely fine with K.J. Bolden. As yeah. well, I mean, literally, when do we go to Indiana? Uh, the day before, if he wants to come get some pads – We'll maybe give him a week to get set up and he can play week two. Um, so 
Uh, Mika Hanna, uh, do we offer in, any in-state corners? We went over that. Um, here was a really interesting question. Let's make sure we – all right, Bill, I'm going to do this, and then we'll uh, we'll finish with the other philosophical question. Chad Stryker, curious what your thoughts are on Air Noland. I've been hearing he's the fastest release of any of the 24 kids. We talked about Air. First real name is Prentice. But I asked Andrew Ivins on Tuesday. He's the director of scouting for 24-7 Sports and handles that area of the country and says, no, when you speak to him, he likes to be called air. So right there, uh, I think we know where that comes from. And it's not a mediocre uh, bar to set for yourself. Anyway, I would never let my kid wear 23, but I digress. Um, Very impressive. Undefeated season in the biggest classification in Georgia. Left-handed, so it's kind of interesting. Um, his One of his main targets, Jelani Thurman, the tight end, who we all have such high hopes for, was his high school teammate. He has not been offered by Ohio State, Bill. Why? Well, they uh, are going to have him up here on a visit. And quite often, Ohio State uh, – won't offer a kid. Well, first of all, let's go back. They're not going to offer a quarterback until they've seen him throw in person. That almost never happens. It's Brock, happened once before. Brock Glenn. Was okay. The guy. And then once before that was Joseph Burrow. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Brock Glenn, you know, they offered him, but right. they really pretty much had to because he was not going to visit Ohio. They needed a quarterback at that point. Yep. He wasn't going to come up and visit unless he had the offer. And it was getting a little bit later in the process. They went ahead and offered him uh, before he visited, before they had seen him throw in person, I should say. And, um, uh, of course, he ended up committing. Uh, They did go down and see Aaron Nolan throw in person at the end of January. From all I'm told is that workout went well. Uh, They didn't offer at that point. Um, He is going to come up and visit March 31st. So in a perfect world, they would like a kid, uh, a quarterback, to have seen him throw in person and have got him on campus uh, for a visit. Um, That perfect world aligns come the end of March and he visits Ohio State. So at that point, we'll see if they offer. You know, my gut feeling is, yeah, he's he's probably going to get the offer, but we'll see. Air is taking a great approach, really. He says, I've done everything I can to get this offer. And it is still an offer he absolutely wants. He likes Ohio State quite a bit. Um, so, you know, again, he's taken a great approach. He's done everything he can. And he, he says, I understand the recruiting process at Ohio State with quarterbacks and all, and that you have to go through a process. You know, you've got uh, C.J. Stroud um, and, you know, the the litany of great quarterbacks that have been at Ohio State since Ryan Day has taken over and Corey Dennis and on even before that with Urban. So it is a process. He understands that. And if Ohio State offers, they are going to be absolutely a top choice of Aaron Nolan's. And I've said this before. um, It's interesting to follow Ohio State quarterback recruiting, but it should not be stressful because they have proven over and over and over again no matter how much, you know, sand has gone through the hourglass, they can pull it off. Devin Brown would have been the biggest recruit for almost every program's history. They got him at the last second. 
you, Bill, you tell the story about C.J. Stroud all the time. At this point in time in C.J. Stroud's career, he wasn't being recruited by Ohio State. So nope. let's – everybody wants to be at the Heisman Trophy ceremony as a quarterback. When you send multiple people there over a stretch of years, you're going to be able to get them, and there's going to be an NFL draft between now and when guys commit. You're going to have another Ohio State quarterback go at the top. So while this is interesting chatter – it is literally not something you should stress about at all. In fact, if you want a reason why Ohio State can be penciled into the in pencil, the college football playoffs basically every year, a lot of that is because they're always good at quarterback and not just good, borderline elite. Okay. There was a question in here, a more philosophical question. You guys are both dads and recruiting gurus, so you can – answer this as well i'm sorry if it's going to take me a second to find here it was from larry ventresco and the question is do you think dads dads do you think adults here we go sorry about that that is my fault larry ventresco we're going to finish with this because very philosophical should a parent have the right to tell their son what school you should go to, or S. Hugo, I don't know what that means, even if they don't want to go there, what is your opinion? Thanks. We will take these in order. Let's go Mark, Bill, and then I'll finish. Yeah, I don't know if you want to – if your son was die hard to go somewhere, uh, and, and it seems like uh, maybe this question, I'd like to know the schools, you know, like what are you looking at? But, I mean, if a school's perfectly acceptable with the education – distance from whatever you know and your kid really wants to go there you're setting up for a bad precedent if you tell your kid you got to go where i want you to go and he doesn't have the good time there the experience there it could be your worst nightmare having him at the school you want with him not wanting to be there and maybe it's something as stupid as hey my girlfriend's at this school i want to go there and you're the adult room saying do not go where your girlfriend's at you could break up with her freshman year you mean so this question is loaded. You know, I'd like to know a little more details or whatever. But in general, uh, I'd hope I'd have a relationship with my son where we could get to the same point. But, yeah, I could see a, an 18-year-old being like, yeah, my girlfriend goes here. But, but you know, the national champions have offered you. And, yeah, I don't care about that. I, I really like her. Mm-hmm. So, Bill? Well, um you know, ha- having had three kids that have been recruited and gone through the process at various levels, uh, two daughters for softball and a son for basketball, and uh, again, at not the Ohio State level, but at various levels, you know, I, there is uh, sometimes differences of opinion of where you think might be best and where they think might be best. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I think you should let your kids know how you feel and, may, and point out the pros and cons and all, but I would steer away from telling them where they have to go because if it doesn't work out, they're going to blame you, and I don't think you want that. So um, I know in my case, I certainly let my kids know where I thought were the best choices, but in the end, the final decision came down to them, and I think that's the way it should be uh, as a very general rule, certainly. Yes, yeah, so I have a son who plays college basketball like Bill at, a, at not the uh, highest of levels that was that was recruited. And I'm going to kind of combine the two answers because that's how we did it. What Mark said is really what I would suggest if, if people are going to go through this. 
you should have been on the same page with your child, daughter, or son well in advance of making a decision so that he or she is looking at the right things in a college. The transfer portal is not just a uh, thing in Division One. It is across the board, man. Athletes now are, are willing to boogie at the drop of a hat. Um, I know it's crazy in basketball. What I would suggest for everybody is um, get to know the coaches and make sure they have a vision for your child. That is what has been the consistent thing to me about the people who have been successful. It's like when you're talking to the coach and you see the wheels turning in his head about how he can use your kid and stuff, and you've seen him use similar players before in that way, I think you got a much better chance. We were very lucky in that by the time the recruiting process I mean, this can be worked to your favor, as everybody knows. And I have a daughter who's a senior in high school, a dancer, is going through this a little differently, waiting to hear from colleges. And, and it's really stressful. Not knowing where you're going to go to school your entire senior year can be really stressful, um, especially for those competing in their senior year. Like we wanted, for my son, we wanted to have his commitment out of the way so he could enjoy his senior year. So we were lucky that, I mean, it's fair to assume that the guys on that you can see on the screen know a little bit about recruiting. So maybe the coaches we dealt with didn't throw any curveballs because they would have gotten jacked out of the park and we probably would have gone to a different school because we know the tricks. Um, and I'll say that the first meeting we had with the coaches was probably a little eye-opening to them because I asked the main three questions that you get asked at the end right at the beginning and just laid it out there and said, I'm a recruiting guy. So blah, blah, blah. But they had a vision for my son. He applied to one school. He knew he was getting a pre-screened him. He knew he was getting in there. He knew, so he got to play his entire entire senior year not worrying about it. He never had to worry about applying to a bunch of different schools. And he's, you know, he just finished up his junior year there and he's really happy. Now, his recruiting class had four guys in it. Two guys left. Um, that's just how it goes. So I would really get in tune with the vision they have for your child, because for the most part, and I can't speak for everybody, and Bill can even speak to this, and Mark can speak to this now. If you're getting recruited, you're probably pretty good, which means you don't sit on the bench very often. And these kids go to college, and they have to sit on the bench, and they're away from home for the first time. It can be very traumatic. Um, that sounds like a small thing, but if you've never been on the bench before, ever in your life, it sucks, okay? Kids don't like it. So that was one of the main things for us when we were choosing a school was playing time early on. And then that's got to be coming as a matter of truth. So it's not a simple process, and it's case by case. You know, we make a lot of these recruiting generalizations here. When you go through it with an individual child, everything becomes case by case. And then, by the way, the coaches may leave 18 months after you get there. So it's a, it's a convoluted process, man. Um, I would say this. Really, really focus on enjoying high school sports. Uh, there's a purity to it. There's part of high school that I know my son still misses, and he's had a wonderful college career. But there's a certain part of high school that you're not going to get back ever again. I can tell you as a reporter that's had a chance to cover college and the NFL there's nothing like Friday nights when that anthem's going on, man. Um, but uh, everyone's quest is to get to the next level, and we've played a small part. Go ahead. I mean, we, 
Uh, yeah, I could digress to, for another 20 minutes on this subject, obviously, but I think you did a really good job of kind of telling people why and why not they should do that. Uh, and I think the other thing is that kids want to play. When you said sit on the bench, that struck a chord with me because, uh, you know, I've been through enough of these situations mm -hmm. where you see in Alabama, didn't they have 19 kids hit the portal? Right? Is that what they had this year? I think it was 19. Listen, Alabama has a guy, Drew Sanders, that's going to get drafted in the top 40 picks that transferred out of Alabama after one year and went to Arkansas. And the point is they want to play. Correct. And the winning is secondary to the playing, which, you know, forever football coaches, team, team, winning team, I'm here to tell you that that has shifted where now it's about me. Personal when do training. I get on the field? Okay. Uh, you're wasting my freshman year, my sophomore year. My, you're not developing me those years. I'm falling behind. And that's, you know, you have to recruit your own roster if you're at Ohio State. You have to have a plan for every kid on your team. Like you said, you have a vision for my son. Ohio State better have a vision for every player where they have a path to get to a special teams job, to get to a, you know, depth chart where they're on the too deep. Or these kids are gone. Yeah. They all think too highly of themselves. And is that our fault? Is that, you know, culture's fault where we blow them up and give them stars and tell them how great they are and they haven't done a darn thing yet? So this whole thing where, you know, winning's the first thing. And then, you know, I'll ask you this. Who's really selfish? The, the head coach that says, hey, come sit behind my starting quarterback for two, maybe three years. And I promise that fourth year, it's yours, buddy. Boy, is that a leap of faith right now that not too many kids are willing to buy into. Right or wrong, but I just, I sense it in, you know, the players I talk to that, yeah, I want to go to the winningest program, but if I ain't playing – Piss on it. I'll go play at Appalachian State and, you know, develop myself and give myself my adulation. Sorry to go digress there, but yeah. that playing time thing is, is at any level, any level, huge. I got, I'm, I got I'm not here to bust my ass for 365 days to stand there on the most important day of the week. Especially I, I, when you told me I was going to be playing. I have to finish with one thing here, how things have changed. Uh, as a former head basketball coach, I was a big, huge John Wooden guy. John Wooden used to always say the biggest motivator a coach has is the bench. Oh, yeah. If they're not going to do what you want as a coach, if they're not going to do what you want as a team and follow you, well, you put them on the bench. If they're not going to work hard, you put them on the bench. And that'll motivate them. And it was in those days. That was the biggest motivator a coach had, the bench. Um Bill Walton wasn't going to cut his hair. John Wooden said, been nice having you here. You're going to either sit on the bench or go. Bill Walton got a haircut. Yeah. Nowadays, not the I was, case anymore. I was waiting for you to flip that, yeah. <laughs> Bill Walton was in about 15 minutes. Yeah, you put, uh, you, put, you put a kid on the bench now, and it's the next school right down the road. With, with open arms, saying, I love your long hair. What do you mean that a-hole coach wouldn't put you in the game because you did the wrong thing? And it's a, it's a, it, 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 it enables this athlete that we all don't like. But you know what? If he's got talent and you don't want to kiss his, you know what? Someone else will. I, I hate to – I'm trying to characterize this correctly. Everybody – and we are on a digression now, people. If you got somewhere to go, boogie. Uh, 
everybody says the right things. That's what I meant by case by case basis. And yeah. It's their kid. Okay. Uh, everybody's willing to say, hey, don't know your role, embrace your role until they bench your son. Trust me. Because then you got to yep. deal with your wife. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. Yeah. There's so many factors that go into this that people have no idea about. And football is a little bit better than basketball in that there's a Darwinistic aspect of it. As like my coach used to say, you want, go ahead and we'll, I'll let you go out there. You'll get killed. You know what I mean? They'll take care of itself. Basketball has some magical force field at the out of bounds marker where people can watch an entire game of their child play crappy, come out and be like, the coach isn't using them correctly. Uh, we got to go to this, this, and this. So I'm going to finish with the ultimate digression. So if you have, like I said, if you have somewhere to go, Mark uh, brought this up. See you guys later. A real life <laughs> example of this. Mark talked about uh, following your girlfriend. I, and this is a fact, so don't let this come out. But do you guys remember the name Van Jefferson? Um, wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, out of the Nashville area. Son of Sean Jefferson, um, who was a great uh, receiver for the Chargers. Van Jefferson, a very highly recruited uh, player. Ohio State, State was, guy. Ohio State was really in the mix for him. This is how I yep. know this. And um, – his girlfriend was going to run track at Purdue. So unbeknownst to the Jefferson parents, he was offered and he committed to Purdue. And he was going to go there to follow his girlfriend. And then his parents found out and let Purdue know, you are never to call my son ever again. He is not going to Purdue. He's too good for Purdue. And by the way, he's not dating that girl anymore now, and he doesn't even know it. So <laughs> it worked out for Van Jefferson. I believe he went to yep. Georgia. And by the way, I think he transferred to Florida or once or either way. Um, but he's in the pros cashing checks. I, I doubt he's – I haven't well, looked he's with it the, up. Yeah, he's with the Rams, and he had a nice little finish to his season. Then I think he was hurt last year. He's a heck of a player. Uh, yeah. Too, too good for Purdue, I might add. Um, and so, look, that happens at every level. I'm sure, I mean, Bill and Mark, we could tell you stories not for publication that would that would blow you away. But An, an, an NFL player thing. that I played with in college uh, went home one night during camp, got a little homesick. He missed his girlfriend at home. Uh, his dad put a for sale sign on his car, uh, put a bunch of applications like at the breakfast table the next morning. Two days later, he was back in football. You know, so kids at that age, you know, he just, he really just missed his high school girlfriend. She was still in high school. And I, I tell you what, if you were in this age, oh, this is another digression. If you're a kid at football camp and you have the nuts to look down at your Twitter feed or your social media feed and you see what your friends are doing on a Friday night when your girlfriend's at a bonfire and there's pictures of her with nine guys surrounding her and you're sitting in a meeting and you got bed checked in 20 minutes and you know they're going to be out till three in the morning, that's a level of anxiety most men can't handle. OK, that is a situation where all you're going to do is what else are they doing that night? And boy, would I like to go there or, you know, whatever. And this is BS. And these guys got me up at six tomorrow and doubles. And I can't even get 10 minutes to scratch myself. And she's running around having the time of her life in high school. Yeah. I want to comment on that. Yeah. I my daughter, we went on the uh, Ohio State tour officially 
uh, last week. Shed no tears for guys who go play football at Ohio State when it comes to getting another girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think anything's going to be. I once got sent a picture of J.K. Dobbins walking across center campus in a tank top with the quote below it. Below it. Do you think he struggles socially? Uh, greener pastures are ahead for you if you were an Ohio State. Uh, God, I could tell some really funny stories about Redskins training camp here, but I will not do that. And uh, we will let everybody go. That was if you if you are still listening right now to the show, you are an all star <laughs> bucknutter. We love you, literally. If you are listening to the show right now, you are the reason we do this. So we appreciate it, and uh, I can't guarantee we'll ever have a digression of this ilk ever again. But you never know. Have a good one, bucknutters.